And now, The Rika Show, presented by Rika Technologies with your hosts, Cynthia Delaria, Daryl Brogdon, and Grant Parks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Rika Show. It always comes out sounding leprechaun now, whether it really does or not. I don't know. Um, yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, I'll work on that. So today we are talking about, we're, we're doing the community of public service. Um, sometimes they're just tough topics and you just have to take them on. And uh, we find that the best way to do that is just do it head on, get it out there and uh, let's help some people. So today... We are talking about premature optimization. Um, it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. Talk to your doctor. Men, women. I don't know if your doctor can help. Um, that's why we're here to help. Um, so what this is, is scaling before you should. And I think that there's reasons. I think people are always looking for opportunities to optimize, to prepare for scale. But um, there are definitely times when it's not the right thing to be doing. And so we want to talk about that a little bit. So uh, take it away, boys. <laughs> so talk to me about what, why, why do people do this? Like why, why are people trying to optimize before they should? And how does somebody know when is the right time? I don't know how you know. I know I know that you can be more conscious of when the wrong time is, but I'm the I'm a huge guilty person of this and um I get narrowly focused on a particular thing that I'm doing and that's that's part of I think that's a that's a part of it. A big part of it is is losing your focus, your perspective on the overall um as soon as you get narrowly focused on what you're doing it becomes a siren song of, oh, I can do that less code. I can do that shorter. I can do that quicker. Um, and then the unfortunate thing is that six times out of 10, seven times out of 10, I get to a point a few days later or a week later where all of that code's going away mm. because of something else that I have to do in the project. It's like, oh, I don't even really need to do this or this belongs somewhere else. And it's, I was complaining about that to Daryl yesterday about some stuff I had done. It's like, oh, all this, all this stuff that I spent probably a couple of weeks on optimizing these queries, the data source is changing. So those queries are, are worthless now. Interesting. So is there some kind of, maybe not a rule of thumb, but some sort of like gauge you can use to say, if we're in this phase of a project or these phases of a project, optimization doesn't make sense because things are changing too rapidly where you should look for optimization and scaling opportunities is more in like this kind of phase. Is there some kind of something like that? My, my opinion on that would be that it's really not worth doing the optimizations until you've got something that's working vertically end to end. Okay. And, and when you're seeing the actual functionality, you know, even though it's dirty, yeah. um, but you're actually seeing, a message generated from one endpoint going through the network in different places and you're getting it and you're updating your data and you're doing what you need to do. And it's like, okay, now it works. Let's polish. I see. And, and it's that to me is part of that focus thing. It's like, oh, I'm focused on this one function that's doing this one thing and I can make it so much faster. But then 
in the process of getting from getting actual the whole functionality where it's like, oh, I don't even need that function anymore. Right. There's something built into the database for that. Oh, right. sh- um, so that would be my opinion would be that if I if I've got a particular functionality wor- that once I've got it working from end to end, then, you know, yeah. then it might be worth doing. So how much does optimization play into scalability or is there even at, you know, low, low numbers and low data, you know, small data sets and small amounts of users? When is optimization important, I guess is what I'm asking. Is it, is it only about, okay, we, we see that it's running, it's end-to-end working, we've got some users on the system, we're happy, now we can optimize and start to think about scale? I'm always driven to do it before that. I, a big thing to me, what should drive it is not just looking at the code and saying, I can make the code faster and better, but looking at logs, because that was something mm. that you can optimize at the micro level and at the macro level. Mm. Um, if I can optimize this function that does a query really, really well, but then I notice in the log that, hey, for this one page of a website, we're actually querying that data 12 times, the same exact query. It's a different optimization that needs to happen. Don't worry uh-huh. about the speed of the query. Get it to where you're only doing that one time because I shouldn't have to go get the data t- more than once. But I think you highlighted on something which is, some of this is, is a little bit of an art right? Mm. Knowing where to spend your time optimizing and where not. And then going back to what Grant said, when, Mm. you know, if you don't have a lot of traffic, do you need to optimize? Are there other areas you can, you can focus on? We worked at a project on a project where, you know, we had one guy that said this, this needs to be, you know, we could, we need to speed this up. And I'm like, this particular instance is going to have a hundred users on it. Mm. it's never, they're never going to see these speed gains. Yeah. So I'm not opposed to speeding it up if you can. And in fact, we did in that, in that situation, but he was trying to take it further than it needed to go. I think. I see. You know, my argument was where can you spend your time elsewhere? That's more valuable in that situation, given you're only ever going to, I mean, it's not going to grow beyond a hundred, 200, 300 users. You know, you're not going to have the, hundreds of of requests per second that a lot of sites do yeah on this particular platform and yeah. it's important that to us i think also to draw a line a line around what are you optimizing if i were writing a library macros functions for somebody else to use i can't know what the overall is so i should bust my butt to make that as tight and efficient that is my end product even though there isn't sort of an end-to-end functionality it's not an application sure but I don't know how people are going to use this and that, that, that I think you should strive for, for stuff there, but you don't really have an end to such a project when you create something for other people to use. It's not like a, okay, it, it does what it's supposed to do now ship it. But for an application, you know, I think is what I was talking about more earlier. So we talk a lot about, uh, particularly for our startups that we work with, Figuring out your MVP and that the M in MVP is the most important part, which is the minimum, it's minimum Mm -hmm. viable product and minimum. So as little as you can possibly do and still deliver on your core value proposition, that's what you should be aiming to get to market with first because you're never stuck with that. You can always make changes later and optimize later and whatever. How much does it make sense? And maybe this is based on the number of users or, you know, who is, who is your target audience? 
how much in that MVP should you be thinking about optimization, efficiency, and things like that? Or is it really, let's just get this so it's working end to end, get it out the door, see how it's used, and then we can figure out what we need to optimize and where the pain points are. That's probably the more responsible way to deal with things and probably the responsible way to deal with optimization is, you know, you, you look at after the fact, you look at logs, you look at performance, is there bottlenecks, are requests getting rejected, you know, backed up. Um, otherwise, I mean, business reasoning would say there's no reason to put more work into it that, you know, if it's making the profit and, and making it faster is not going to add to revenue, then the, there is no business argument for doing it. Um, you know, as a software person though, it's, you know, it's really hard for me to say that's black and white because in a lot of, there've been many times where working on trying to make something better and faster and tighter has made other things possible that people weren't really imagining were possible at the time because of the way the system worked. Mm. There's optimization for speed and there's optimization for use of something additional functionality, Uh, things like that. Like run into things where, you know, when when I'm just digging through and trying to make things better, running, run into things where it's like, whoa, you know, if we tweak this or if we did that, or if we change this, we got a whole new thing here and everybody's, oh, wow. You know, we wouldn't have run into it if I wasn't trying to do that. Yeah. I guess it just gets you more and more familiar with your software when you're trying to make it better you're at least getting to know what you have really, really well. Yeah. And that can prevent bugs. You can see bugs that, that are there that just haven't come up yet. Is it possible to write bug-free software? Nope. It depends on the, the size of the software. I mean, if you're writing something small, I think you can, especially if you have 300 lines of error checking I was for just one mention line that. of code. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What's the name of that stupid Node.js package? <laughs> Let's, let's call that guy out. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name anyways. <laughs> the guy. The one line guy. So optimizing early, while that sounds like a good thing, it doesn't stop me from necessarily having bugs, right? Nope. Um, it doesn't necessarily speed things up for my user because if I am getting to market less quickly, then I'm solving my user's problem less quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that we have seen that I think is worth pointing out is we've seen companies that go so far this direction, like trying to make it has to be perfect. Oh my God. And we missed this thing. And oh my God, that they never get to market, that they mm-hmm. burn through whatever capital or they wear out all the people working on their project and it just dies and it's just done. That to me is happens when we have to add this functionality Mm. without this, people aren't going to want it. Mm. Um, So that, I mean, that kind of brings up, there's sort of several uh, axes of optimization because sometimes going through something early on and working through it several times, you can change your data design, Okay, you know, and that, that makes things just completely better going forward for everything. Uh, so sometimes it's working with this, you know, I'm trying to make this work faster and better. And then I realize, wow, you know, if we just restructure our data like this, if we take these normalized relations and say, let's, I'm just going to store that as a NoSQL document mm. and that will change everything and how I'm accessing stuff. 
it really is a, a fuzzy thing. You know, I'm, I justify optimization a little bit more because it's my thing. I love to do it. So, and, and I feel like there are times that I run into like, wow, we've kind of been looking at this one way for years when we just flipped how we look at this. This is totally better to work with. But when you optimize things, you do it at a stage where it has real quality impacts. It really adds value to the project. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're talking about is when people try to do what he does way too early in, in the system. You and know, I do we that too. Yeah, we all do that. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's sort of a truism in our industry. We all do that. Yeah. You know, we all get bit by that. Yeah. Um, because it's fun. You know, it's fun to see, oh, look, I just got this down from this request is now taking 30 milliseconds. Well, it was taking 50 before. And regardless, your users aren't going to notice that. Right. Ever. I guess that's where the art comes in. You know, if you were a craftsman, if you were, if you were a glass blower, if you're a this, if you were a that, you know, you're looking at what you have and like that, that famous quote from the French architect that was used. I know when I, I know I'm finished when there's no more to take away. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. you're looking for those edges to sand off and, and trim down. And, and it, that's when you start, you fall into that being an artist and this is my work. I want it to be beautiful. And that, and that's what it does. It changes your perspective. You forget the big picture perspective. You forget about iterations and you forget about standups and you forget about, <laughs> Hey, they're going to want to know you have this task done tomorrow. <laughs> Cause you're like, Oh, I can do this. I can make it do that. Yep. <laughs> I mean, where would Eddie Van Halen be if he wasn't optimizing that guitar riff? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what he called it. What are you doing, Eddie? I'm optimizing, optimizing my guitar riff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if I'm a developer listening to this and realizing that I have the problem that we are so generously talking about out in the open today called premature optimization, what's the advice you have for me? I think it's just, you, you gotta, you gotta be aware, you know, a lot of it is, is it comes with experience to know, okay, you know, that you're, you have a sort of a gut check that, you know, I can't spend any more time on this. I've got to get this done. It works as expected, as intended, as designed. So let's go with this and I can come back to it later. Yeah. That's a, that's an important thing. If, if you're, if, if you're in that mode and you're, and you're that sensible, then, um, it pays to put comments in your code or, mm -hmm. you know, this is what I want to do here. Sometimes, you know, I've done that for just that reason, but also as kind of a little explanation, if anybody else reads this code before I get a chance to come back and make <laughs> it better, I know, and I've seen comments like that before. I know this is sloppy, but it works you know, right so. now. I, I'm going to come back to this, but we got to get through this. And I think, you know, going back to your question, it, it's, it's reminding yourself to stop on a regular basis and regain the proper, the appropriate perspective, mm. because I, we do this optimization things in our lives too. Mm. You know, you sit down and, and say, well, I'm going to shop for something online. And then you get so lost in comparing and trying to get the best deal and blah, blah, blah. And then you realize the price of this item is $40. <laughs> Should I really be spending six hours online to find the best deal if I'm going to save seven bucks? And so that you stop yourself and say, let's regain some perspective here. If we just bang this out and just pick whatever's acceptable here, we can move on to something else. Interesting. Interesting. So 
put another way in the, in other parts of the world, we'd call that analysis paralysis. It's yep. kind of the same sort of thing, right? Yeah. Or perseverating is a really great word. It's that focusing on the same thing over and over, even when you've already made a decision or, you know, you know what the right thing is, you just still keep rehashing it, rehashing it, rehashing it, right? Like, could it be better? Yeah. Could it have been better? Did yeah. I do the right thing? Yeah. And maybe, and this is something we were talking about yesterday, there's a lot of value in going away from it and coming back, mm. all right? You know, when you go away and you come back, you're coming back at it with fresh eyes and you're probably going to see some things you would not have seen before if you kept perseverating on it, right? Interesting. Yeah, I definitely have been sitting at the computer for a couple hours working on a particular small piece of stuff, go to the bathroom or -hmm. something like that, where you've got a a couple minutes where you're not staring at exactly what you've been working on. And you go, oh, wait a minute. This is, this is actually, I'm planning on not this going away at some point or, you know, it's just stepping back. It's, it's, uh, what was the take a step back, take a step forward. And now we're cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's about that taking a step away from what you're yeah. doing for a moment. Yeah. And it lets your mind get back to a, a different level. I think there's also a piece here where you, it's much more difficult to get that perspective when you're alone. Yes. This is, this is why, you know, we talk a lot about how the team is the most important thing when you're building a startup because people are everything. People are the, people are the only component that can actually execute on a plan. This is where it becomes really important is to be able to step back and say to someone who has some context, who's in the project with you and say, okay, I need a gut check here because I think I've gotten lost in something. Is this really as important as I'm making it right now? Or is this something we can come back to? And, you know, we do that with each other where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I'm, 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 I've been super focused on this. Is that really the right thing? And sometimes everybody in the room is like, yeah, you know what? That's actually pretty important. Stick to that. We'll make everything else happen because it's still not quite working right. Most of the time they're going to, you know, reaffirm your gut check and say, yeah, it's good enough. Like, let's move on. And so again, you can't, you can't, there's, there's almost no piece of a startup tech or otherwise that you can actually make happen on your own because you lose perspective. Yep. You know, you can't, it, it, I was talking about this the other day with somebody, you can't validate your idea for an audience if you only talk to yourself about it. It's the same thing. You have to go out and talk to people who are in your target audience, right? This is the mm-hmm. same thing. You can't val. It's hard, much harder to validate for yourself. Yes, this is good enough, or no, this still needs work. If you can't get that perspective, and you need somebody else to be able to validate that with you, I think. I think it just makes it that much easier and that much more like I can live with this decision because I've gotten external validation on it. And I think that helps with because I think a lot of us are perfectionists. And we don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. You know, we put this out there. Somebody finds a bug. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. And even though we all do it. I know. And so we want to, I think a lot of this is to try to avoid that. Yeah. And so if you run it past someone and say, am I just, am I, fo-, you know, at least you get yeah. a little bit of another person saying, you know, you're fine. Exactly. It's okay. Exactly. Or, hey, look, you just missed a giant thing right here. Oh God, you know, and so they're going to help back you up, <laughs> Yeah, right? They're going to help cover yeah. your tracks in that, in that respect. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, 
All right, good. Well, I think I think we've done a, a, a you know consider this your public service announcement from Rica Technologies for the month. Um, premature optimization is a problem that everybody has, and it is solvable, and you don't need a doctor to do it. So, <laughs> what's what's that line from Friends? Uh, it isn't that common. It does happen to everyone, and it is a big deal. Yeah, Chandler goes, I knew it. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's when uh, Ross and Rachel, when he gave her the letter. Yeah. Or no, she gave him the letter and he he just said yes because she was like, does it? Because he didn't read it. He fell asleep reading it. And she's like, well, does it? And she's like all hopeful. And he's like, yes, it does. And they're all excited and they're back together. And then he finally reads it and and when he's on his own and he goes, it absolutely does (laughs) not. And then they're arguing about the fact that she didn't read the letter or he didn't read the letter and she's mad. And that's when she's like, it's not that common. It doesn't happen to every guy. And it is a big deal. I knew it. (laughs) Oh, and there's your, you know, pointless (laughs) sitcom reference from the 90s. So, all right. This has been... uh, Daryl Brogdon, Grant Parks, and Cynthia Delaria with Rika Technologies and the Rika Show. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology. Catch you next time.